everybody, welcome back to another episode of Culper's Canteen Cup. Today, we're honored to have the Cajun conservative, Isaac on, uh, coming out from uh, south of I-10, Louisiana, and uh, down in, what do we call it, Arcadia? Acadiana. 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 So that's not northern Louisiana. It's not the, uh, so we're not talking, you know, the duck commander. We're not talking, uh, you know, we're not talking the woods. We're talking the bayous. And the uh, in the swamps, we have a real good friend that lives down there in Lafayette. Um, Leaf, so Leaf, if you're listening, uh, you need to uh, you need to get on Isaac's podcast and uh, and check him out. Um, so, hey Isaac, uh, turn it over to you, man. Uh, just give us a little background on yourself and uh, all the irons you got in the fire. Well, I got a lot of irons in the fire. I'm a, a father of three. Been married for seven years. Uh, God has blessed me with a tremendous family. Uh, work for my dad as a dump truck driver. That's my full-time job. My part-time gigs, you could say, is uh, preaching the gospel and doing podcasts. I got two podcasts. I got the Cajun Conservative and Brothers Just Searching. Uh, as you can tell, the Cajun Conservative is a political podcast dedicated to talk about issues of the day. And I go ahead and I put scripture and involved with it. Do a little different than a lot of conservative talk show hosts. And Brothers Just Searching is strictly biblical. Uh, like right now, we're in the middle of a series talking about Daniel chapter 2 with the statue that uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw. We're breaking it down. We're in the middle of the Roman Empire. Uh, 400 years of history trying to cram that in one hour. It was impossible. We're doing multiple episodes from Rome. Um, so it's, it's real biblical. We go ahead and just look into the Bible and things that matter to the Bible today. We, we tackle tough issues. Um, you know, certain denominations or certain preachers that are preaching false that's Brother Just Searching. Uh, you can find both those podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify. Brother Just Searching is on YouTube now. Uh, we drop a new episode every Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock on YouTube. And we're working on trying to get the Cajun Conservative on there. And I'm a youth minister at our church. I preach the gospel. Uh, we have a youth event on Saturday where we're getting all the kids together for a pool party. But I'm ministering at 6 o'clock there. And I'm also the sound guy at the church. So I'm, I'm pretty busy. You are busy, man. You have a lot of irons in the fire. And, and look, I, I, you know, a lot of people ask me, why you stay so busy? Well, first off, it gets me out of trouble. But I, it, this is more than just a <laughs> hobby. This is a, a calling on my life. And I feel that's that's what this is where God has called me to do. And that's what I'm going to do until he tells me to stop. Yeah, no, that's good. Now, calling is, you know, that calling is, is, is special because... You know, when uh, so being uh, prior, you know, prior military, move around a lot, and uh, you're always looking for a new church wherever you go. And we found one that, uh, you know, the pastor was just there was something off. He was a really nice guy. There was, you know, but he just there was something off there. You know, when you know you go to a new church and you're just like, I'm not feeling it. And uh, one of the other guys, like, you know, he's a really nice guy, but he hasn't been called to do it. He hasn't been called to do it, and it, you could definitely, uh, you could definitely tell. Um, and so. Yeah, man, that, that calling is uh, is key. Um, so, what's going on down in Louisiana with uh, with COVID? Um, you guys just got a uh, you guys got a statewide mask mandate now. Uh, I thought I saw in there. What's uh, what's John Bell Edwards doing down there? Uh, we don't call him John Bell down here. I call him Dumbbell. Um, but John Bell has uh, has issued <laughs> a mask mandate. 
for us guys. And uh, I, I, if you listen to the kids, you can serve. I already said I'm not wearing a mask. Uh, I do sometime out of respect. Um, if it's a funeral or a church service that I go, hey, can you wear it out of respect? I understand that, but he he issued that a while back. He put it for about a month, and a lot of Louisiana people are not happy with it. I'm part of groups on Facebook where I, I deal with a lot of Louisiana people, and just some of them, it, you, you see that they don't want it. But And we do have high numbers here, but um, listen to a local uh, news affiliate here in Louisiana, a conservative uh, by the name of Moon Grafon went ahead and said the other day that John Ben Edwards ain't, is manipulating the numbers. He's not putting, you know, cases. He's putting probable cases. So we have so many cases. He said, well, let's go ahead and add this number just in case people got COVID that's not been getting tested or have not been, you know, haven't went to the hospital yet. So, like, prime example, you know, I, I've, I've had three kids the doctor never came and told my wife, well, I think you're pregnant after doing the test, you know, because there's some there's some people around here that I know personally that has went to the doctor, tested negative. The doctor looked at him and said, well, you test negative. We don't we don't know if you have covid, but um, you have all the symptoms. So we're going to label you as covid. That's a probable case. If the test comes back negative, you're negative. But John Bell's putting the numbers. I think a lot of our numbers are inflated. Uh, John Bell Edwards loves federal money. Every time he gets a, a new COVID case, that's more money coming in from the federal government to do research and the testing and all that. And John Bell Edwards, John Bell Edwards is not moderate, as a lot of people think. He is straight up liberal. Uh, he calls himself he's pro life. He calls himself a uh, pro gun, but shot down multiple gun bills that he could have signed, and he just let it go. He passed a um, an abortion bill, but. Did not let us vote because if you do a minute, uh, we do amendments um, when we vote them in. And Louisiana politics is weird. Uh, I don't know how they, they came up with these voting systems that we have, but every time they pass an amendment to the con- Louisiana Constitution, we have to vote on it. John Bell was running for governor and knew the abortion bill would come out with a big, with a big number for uh, for the election. Went ahead and said, no, we're not going to put it this year in the gubernatorial race because the gubernatorial race is very important. We're going to put it on next year. The bill passed, but then he comes out and says, well, look, I can't really enforce the bill because we've got to see what happens in Mississippi's Supreme Court bill before we do anything. So he covered all his tracks because they never they always ask him, are you pro-life? But they never ask him, do you do you believe that the woman has a right to choose to abort? Or to save the baby's life. They never ask that. The, you know what? The woman's right to choose. They never ask him that question. So on that, what is uh, what are some of the gun bills? What are some of the gun bills that uh, that John Bell Edwards has, has vetoed? That uh, what was because I think it was Louisiana or Mississippi was trying for a constitutional carry. Well, Mississippi uh, where, you know, Mississippi passed theirs, I believe. Um, Governor Edwards vetoed our constitutional bill. Our our bill is um, right now. You can open carry. And with open carrying, it's if you don't conceal it, you don't hide your weapon, you're free. You can walk around wherever you want, whenever you want, and you can show your firearm. If you cover your if you put a jacket over your shirt over your gun, you're you're right then and there. If you don't have a concealed weapons license, you're 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 a felon. That's how they treat it here. Right. So what Louisiana wanted to do was hey, let's eliminate that. Louis to keep the concealed carry well classes. If people want to take them right now, I think it's $150 for a class. So they're, wow. they're charging an arm and a leg for these classes because a lot of people in Louisiana want to conceal carry. 
Well, John Ben Edwards was making it at that would be like uh, the Wild West with Wyatt Earp and Bill uh, Wild Bill Hickok, where we're going to go out on the street and shoot everybody up because we we didn't take this class, as he says. Um, our 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 weak knee Republicans bended to that because one of them said, "Hey, I'm not going to go ahead and go because I had a knee injury." That was Ron John, uh, Ronnie John, and Ronnie John three days later got a promotion to gambling uh, gaming commissioner, which John B. Edwards appointed him, but he didn't go because of that, and that was one vote shy of overriding John B. Edwards. So as as I said earlier, John B. Edwards says, "Hey, I'm a I'm a conservative, uh, I'm a moderate, I believe in gun rights." If he believed in gun rights, he would have passed his bill, but he didn't want to go against the establishment in Joe Biden. Um, as for Bill, as for John Bell Edwards doing, um, letting felons serve on jury duty, and I, I'm against it. If if you think about it, he's just falling in line with the Democrat establishment. Um, Joe Biden's for that. Nancy Pelosi's for that. Chuck Schumer's for that. And that proves because John B. Edwards ran on the coattails of saying, I am a moderate. I'm not like these other guys that, that, you know, want all this, but he's in his last term. See, we're not like New York and other states where a governor could keep on running and running and running. You got two terms to run. Now, after you two terms, you have to sit out a while, then you can come back and run again. But you have a two term. They don't believe he's going to try to run for governor after this time. Uh, I think he's looking for a position in the Biden White House or the Kamala Harris White House or the next Democrat uh, candidate because he, he don't want to be here no more. He already reached the heights that he needed to, and he has destroyed this state so much. Um, he wants to go ahead and fix roads because he believes that's why people are leaving Louisiana. People are not leaving Louisiana because of roads. You never hear somebody that's making a six-figure dollar check say, oh, I'm leaving that state because of bad roads. No, they, they, they'll, they'll suffer the bad <laughs> roads get, collecting that check. And John Bell was just following along the line with the Democrat Party. And it is sad because I tell people we're not – we are considered a red state. The constituents in this state, like I said, 66% of – uh, Louisiana voted for Donald Trump. Yes, that's a red state, but our politicians, even our even our Republicans or rhinos and Democrats, we're a purple state because they go more aligned with the left than they do with their constituents. Yeah, and that's and it's funny that you kind of that you mentioned that because I was looking at the 2020 presidential election where uh, you know Donald Trump got over 1.2 million votes and and Biden got 800,000 votes, predominantly a red state. So how in the hell did you end up with John Bell Edwards as a Democratic governor? I mean, how does that happen down there? New Orleans, Louisiana. That's one. We have a couple of issues why um, John Bell Edwards got in there. For, like I said, first off, New Orleans, Louisiana. If you go look at the numbers of the last gubernatorial election with Eddie Risponi and um, John Bell Edwards, John Bell Edwards got 98% of the vote in New Orleans. Now, you know, like every every other state, especially like California, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Oakland and all them big cities take over California's vote. Majority of California is red as well. A lot of people don't know that, but they're, the big cities overpopulate the, the conservative red voters. Um, the first time, that, and also John Bell gets a lot of help from our weak knee spineless Republicans. Um, I mentioned Ronnie John. Uh, um, there's a guy named Scott on jail. Scott on jail in my parish here, because we don't have counties, we have parishes, was our parish president. And he's originally from my hometown. But Scott on jail ran for governor, him and Jay Darden, who Jay Darden went work for John Bell Edwards. 
was running against him. And this is how our election system works. In November, we go ahead and have an open voting system or open primary where all the candidates run at the same time. If a candidate doesn't get over 50% of the vote, 50% plus one, we go into a runoff. The top two competitors go at each other. The first time John Bell got in there, it was uh, he got into the runoff with David Vitter. David Vitter was a great senator for the great state of Louisiana. We all loved Senator Vitter. And we thought for sure Senator Vitter would beat John Bell Edwards. But because Scott Orangel and Jay Darden was upset by losing that election, they went ahead and said, hey, we don't think uh, David Vitter should be governor because he committed fornication on his wife. Now, we're a heavy Catholic uh, community here, so a lot of people are like, oh, no, we can't have a, a fornicator in the governor's mansion. So Scott Ongel and Jay Darden told their followers, hey, vote for John Bell Edwards. John Bell Edwards won in a landslide in the, uh, in the, the, um, the runoff. The next time, we had Ralph Abraham running against John Bell Edwards. Ralph Abraham said, I'm not going to attack no Republicans. I'm going to do this fairly. I'm going to go on my congressman. Ralph Abraham was a good congressman. He would have made a great governor of the state of Louisiana. And he responded, said the same, made the same promise. I'm not going to attack the other Republican. It caused problems. Well, Eddie Rispone and Ralph Abraham in the general election was running a tight race. I was one that didn't know who was gonna, I was going to vote for, Eddie Rispone or Ralph Abraham. Well, Ralph Abraham was winning comfortably in the polls. Eddie Rispone said, I have to do some. So he went ahead and lied about Ralph Abraham. When he did that, he, did, he got into the runoff election with John Bear Edwards. John Bear Edwards was happy because the Republicans were fighting him. Bad part is... Ralph Abraham's from the Monroe area up north right by Shreveport. Uh, if you look at the center of the map of Louisiana, one district goes for Shreveport, the other one goes for Monroe. Monroe area is very conservative. That's where the duck commanders come from and all. Well, they got mad because Eddie Rispone lied about Ralph Abraham. They said, well, we're not going to bite the bullet this time. We're not going to vote for, they either went vote for John Bell Edwards or they didn't go vote. John Bell Edwards only won the won the uh, votes in Louisiana, I think, by like forty thousand votes. You know how many votes were missing in those uh, in uh, in the Monroe area? About forty thousand. <laughs> so Edwards has Edwards has backed up. Look, Edwards goes ahead, eats us for breakfast, and poops us out for lunch for the Republican Party here in Louisiana. It's sad. He beats us up all the time. Hmm. So whatever happened to, to Bobby Jindal? So the last thing uh, years ago, I think he came out and he gave the rebuttal to like the State of the Union address or something like that. That was like the last thing I remember of him. Uh, I did get a chance to, to see him out at uh, Greenbrier. He was out there doing a private fundraiser. And this was years ago. And then that dude just fell off the face of the earth. I mean, is he still around? Is he still involved in Louisiana politics or where's he at? The, the, the Republican Party of Louisiana don't like Bobby Jindal. Um, well, I say that when he was in office, they loved him. But Bobby Jindal went ahead and put us so much into a hole that it was it was impossible to get out. Um, that's one reason why John Bell got in there the first time as well. He said, look, John, uh, Bobby Jindal put us in deficit. Um, his famous lies that we was at a $2 billion deficit, which wasn't true. Bobby Jindal didn't leave us. He left us in a deficit, but not as much as that. Uh, John Bell Edwards ran on that coattail. That's one reason why people, oh, we're not going to trust a Democrat, uh, Republican because he put us in a debt. Um, last time I heard uh, it was the presidential race, I think in maybe 2016, I want to say. It was something around there when he ran. And um, 
when he was questioned about that through the the moderators at a debate, he couldn't answer because it was like, look, you left it, you left your state in this certain debt. Uh, you've done this. He used one-time money. Uh, true conservatives didn't like Bobby Jinder. We voted for him. Uh, well, I didn't vote for him. I think I was too young for the first time. And Bobby Jindal, just it, he hurt our state so much that he's a distant memory. He he hasn't run for no office. He hasn't done anything. Um, if he was doing a fundraiser, 9 out of 10, he's a lobbyist. That's that's all I can see. Um, well, I don't even know if he lives in this state no more. He, he went under the radar. <laughs> So as far as like the next election, your next governor, do you see that going back to being a Republican governor or do you think it, it tends to stay Democrat or maybe goes moderate Democrat, moderate Republican? That's hard to say, Roger, because it, it, as I said, Louisiana politics is real different than a lot of people. We have uh, these open, they call them open primaries for a general election. I really wish our Republican legislators in this state would get some brains and say, listen, let's do this. Let's do a closed primary. Because if we do a closed primary, you wouldn't have a Bill Cassidy. Um, Bill Cassidy would have got beaten in the primary last if they would have had a primary. The only reason he won, mm-hmm. he had the most money. He had the LOG, uh, LA GOP's uh, support, which they gave him money. And everybody else, they had one good conservative, but he was so low. I think he only got maybe like 300, 400-some votes out of the whole state. It, it, was, it was a very low number. Um, but we don't have open primaries. And if the Republicans do what they did last time, with uh, Jay Darden and Scott on jail attacking Vitter and Eddie Responi attacking Ralph Abraham, we're never going to have a Republican governor. See, a while back, and the reason they did it, when Republicans first took over this state, they did an open primary because you had all kind of Democrats. You would have maybe one Republican running against 10 Democrats, so it would benefit us. i never seen a state that has the majority, and all they're doing is bowing down to the governor that's a Democrat. If they would close the primaries now, that would help so much Louisiana and the Republican Party. But unfortunately, our, our, our politicians, they, they don't know what they're doing. They, they're, they're either rhinos or they, they're weak-kneed, spineless. So, and, and for the governor's race, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I hope it's Jeff Landry, our attorney general. If Jeff Landry gets in there, he would turn the state around. But if they go, they're already attacking him. The, the, the Daily Advertiser and the Advocate here in the uh, local newspapers are already attacking Jeff Landry, and we're still a year away from our gubernatorial election. I got to ask, is Jeff Landry related to Troy Landry from Swamp People? I don't believe so. Uh, that's two different parishes. No, okay. <laughs> I'd ask. I had to ask. Then, um, then again, then again, Josh, Louisiana. You know, you can be you can be across the state. You, you know, somebody can be in Monroe and somebody be in my part. We meet in the middle, and somehow we start talking about families. And oh, that was my uncle George. Really? Well, that's my. And we're related somewhere or another. So. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know, so we were joking earlier about, you know, the rain you guys are getting and, uh, you know, building an arc, but you're going to have to build a P-Row for, uh, you know, because of uh, wood prices and stuff. You know, uh, Rogers and, and I and, and Luke, we've talked about it a couple times, you know, the, the inflation. Are you guys seeing it down there? Or are you guys seeing prices of, you know, just basic goods going, you know, going up substantially? Well, gas prices has gone up, that's for sure. Um, this time last year, we was only paying... Uh, maybe a dollar, dollar twenty-five a gallon. Uh, we're paying almost close to two fifty, three dollars a gallon now, 
And we, we get a break in most of the states because we're in the Gulf. We have um, we have drilling right what well, we used to before Biden gets in there behind our back door. So we would get the oil pretty cheap. Um, but gas has gone up. We feel the effect on that. Um, last time my wife checked, uh, my wife does all the shopping. I just I don't have time to go shopping. Um, so she but she tells me all the time. She goes, Isaac, it's getting ridiculous. Milk is going up. Bread is going up. So, yeah, we've had we have felt the effects of inflation here. And we all know why that is, is because of Biden's policies. Um, Biden's acting like the economy's good. But in reality, Biden is just is hurting our economy. First of the Keystone Pipeline that affected Louisiana tremendously. Uh, if that pipeline would have went through, we would have had tons of I think we would have had like I think a hundred and some thousand jobs just in Louisiana because all our shops are we have machine shops that build for Halliburton, um, Slim, all them company, all them big oil field companies. They they all they all go through Louisiana majority of them and when that Keystone pipeline I had friends that were getting ready to work on that and they just shut them down um, six figures jobs they sent them home look we can't use y'all yeah yeah I know a couple of buddies who uh, worked out in the oil fields and uh, you know were having uh, they. They lost some lost some jobs because of that, and you know there's a couple other buddies that are uh, pipe fitters, and uh, you know once the Keystone Pipeline got killed by Biden, they uh, they were out of a out of a job. So on that kind of what's the what's the talk in your area, kind of you know in, in your congregation, uh, so to speak, on you know obviously there's some you know there's some folks in Louisiana that uh, that voted blue, uh, you know are those folks your parts or? Are people generally unhappy with the uh, with the state of current affairs? You know, not only with Biden, but with the rest of you know the rest of Congress and uh, and folks. Well, our congressional district, um, most of our congressional leaders that we have, you know, Clay Hagan's, uh, um, I'm Julie Letlow, and a few other ones that are there. They're mostly conservative. We're happy with majority of our co- congressional leaders the only ones we're really not like i'm not happy with is the the representative from new orleans he's blue um but this is how the state works here especially with a lot of left-leaning uh people here in the state they don't like what's going on with abortion and other things but for some odd reason they think it's all right for a lot of other things like biden's policies on the economy and it's typical leftists is what they what they are but they get mad when they go to the gas pump. I can't believe the gas prices are going up. Well, your president that you like in the economy, that's that's what it's doing. And we got some very, very stubborn individuals here in Louisiana. We, we're like a door. Uh, we're like a door, man. We just keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And we just don't we don't stop running into the door majority of the time. But the, the people here, they don't like to get high gas prices. And then there's some of them. They want it high because their jobs in the oil field. They make more money when the gas prices are up. And it, it just, you know, like I got a good friend that he's a leftist. He he believes, he don't believe in abortion. He don't believe, uh, he believes in gun rights and stuff. We agree majority on everything until we get to policies on taxes and stuff. And it, they, they don't like, let's say like they don't like the outcome of the high prices, but they agree with the policies that make them high prices. And it's pretty sad here in the state of Louisiana. Now, my area of uh, around the area of Lafayette, Louisiana, and Crowley, and um, Abbeville, and all these places, majority of that's red. They they can't stand the Biden administration. 
um, is you get more left when you get towards uh, Baton Rouge and New Orleans, Slidell, and stuff like that. That's when you start really seeing um, the, the the left-leaning people. I went to Baton Rouge a while back, and I seen everybody with masks, and I wasn't wearing them, and I thought I was in a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> When you look at the Olympics, when you look at the athletes and you say, you know, why do we have all this kneeling and this and that with the anthem? Well, you know what? I can vaguely remember. I mean, look, look back five, six, seven, ten years ago when they were taking the Pledge of Allegiance out of schools. I mean, it starts back there, right? It, it goes to a bigger issue, which is we've really taken away discussion at home and at the dinner table because there's no more dinner table. And everything is, you know, we've talked about this on our, our podcast and YouTube before, you know, they always say, oh, you don't discuss politics at the dinner table. And I completely disagree. That is the time to discuss politics. That's when you have those disagreements, because not that I'm sitting there trying to convert somebody or brainwash somebody or my kids or whatever, uh, but it's like, I want to hear their train of thought. They need to hear my train of thought. Uh, when you're stupid, it's like what you just said, you know, it's like a lot of the left, you know, the liberals out here, they, they vote for the policies, but don't like the outcome. Hey, at that point, that's when it's time for me to stay, you know, step in and say, hey, uh, you live in Louisiana. You know why you lost your job? Because you voted for Biden who killed the Keystone Pipeline. That's a fact. When you take that away, because we've become this society of, it's just acceptance. You just are what you are. And when you take that discussion away, well, okay, well, that doesn't lead to a problem tomorrow. That leads to a problem five, ten years down the road. And, and I, believe it or not, I actually heard on NBC, uh, which I hate to admit, but that, that's what they were saying. They're like, hey, when you talk about these athletes taking a knee, they're like, look at what we were doing five and ten years ago, taking the Pledge of Allegiance out of the schools. So now you've had these kids... Uh, grow up to learn that, hey, nationalism is bad. The Pledge of Allegiance is bad. The national anthem is bad. And they become athletes, and then you wonder why they're doing this, because that's the way they grew up. Uh, so, you know, I do think that there has been a, uh, there has been a, a culture war that's been going on, and we hear that a lot from Fox News. Uh, what I do believe, and I think we've been talking about this over the last several months, is, you know, I am a believer in like the rubber band theory where you go too far left, you go too far right, and you start to snap back to the center, right? And I think you're starting to see that now where it's going to be, it's, it's a lot of snapping back to the center. So I'm out here in Arizona and we're very similar to Louisiana as far as our politics. Uh, we have a governor uh, who's from the Republican uh, Republican Party. We have two Democratic senators. Uh, Mark Kelly, I don't even know where that dude is. Like literally that dude won the election and said, peace out. I'm not saying anything. He's just like taking a back seat. But Kirsten Cinema is truly a moderate. And, uh, you know, it's sad because I would still never vote for I'd want the GOP uh, candidate, uh, which maybe that's, that's a problem in itself. But it's like she is really pushing to the middle of the aisle. And so what I think is when you've seen this, this extreme push to the left by the Democratic Party uh, and the squad, uh, you start to see that even their own party starts to snap back to the center. It's like, eh, you're a little too far left for me. You're a little too crazy. And the right does it as well, right? You get a little too far right. It's like, eh, we kind of need to bring this back uh, to the middle. So I guess as, as you know, the, the next thing that I want to talk about and get into is when we start talking about 2022 and 2024. Um, one, I mean, I think to, at least to my surprise, I truly believe this was going to be a Kamala Harris administration. 
Like, I thought it was all a setup. Uh, even Joe Biden was talking about, I'm, I'm going to use this term, you know, transient or transitory president. He didn't use that term, but you just said Fed Powell can use that with, with inflation because transitory, I guess, only means like a year now. Um, so we'll just use that for him. But, you know, he was saying, you know, he's, he's a transition president, right, to the next one. And I was thinking, wow, Kamala is really going to come in with her own agenda and she's really going to be the one to run the White House. Uh, but now, as we see how incompetent as she is on everything, I don't think the left and the Democratic Party won't have anything to do with her. So I kind of want to get your feel for 2022, 2024, uh, going into, you know, the congressional elections, um, all the way up to the presidential election. Do you see, you think you start to see a shift back to the right? Do you think we see us kind of pull together in the middle or what's your thoughts on that? Well, the first off on the senators, to be honest with you, I'll vote for Joe Manchin or the other one that you just said, um, not Ah, not the guy that Cinema. Uh, yeah, over Bill Cassidy because at least you know where they're stay where they stand. You don't know where Bill Cassidy stands at. Um, right. You know, so so on that we unfortunately we have Bill Cassidy until twenty twenty six. Um, now, John Kennedy, which y'all probably all know who John Kennedy is, he's always on Fox News with the references that is is it's amazing how he does these one liners and everybody remembers who John Kennedy is. Um, he's coming up for re-election, I think, in 2022. So that's a big election for us here. I honestly see that the Republican Party is going to get the House and Senate back, uh, especially with this last infrastructure bill. Joe Manchin even said, it. look, there's problems in this bill. I voted the, the 1.2 on party lines, but the 3.5, he threw a wrench into Chucky e. Schumer's, uh, as Rush Limbaugh used to call him, uh, into his threw a wrench in his gears because he's saying I might not vote for this 3.5. They need all 50 votes plus Kamala Harris to um, to go ahead and win this election. I so but Americans don't like spending all this money. Majority of Americans do not like this and I think that's what the 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 independents and the center Republican center Democrats are going to vote for the GOP. And so I see that is coming um, coming about and on the 2024 election, guys, to be honest with you, I'm more focused on the 2022. Um, I, I've been, I have this segment planned, and I never did it because y'all know as into the podcast world, especially in politics, every time you plan a show, something happens where you got to take something out. And uh, I, <laughs> so uh, I remember one time it was a, and I, I, I film and I go ahead and I record on Sundays. Uh, I had my whole show planned out. Sunday afternoon, sitting at church, looking, a breaking news story coming. I said, I got to talk about this. So, um, but anyway, so, you know, I have this whole segment planned out that, because I'm seeing this all right now, Trump 2024, Trump 2024. Now, I don't, you know, if Trump runs, nine out of 10, if he becomes the candidate, I will go ahead and I'll vote for him. The, the problem with it is everybody, especially in this state, everybody's looking towards 2024, they got to remember, we got a 2022 election we got to get to first, because I hate to say it. If we don't win back the House and we don't win back the Senate uh, for the uh, Republican Party, there ain't going to be no 2024. Biden's going to go ahead and cram everything down the throat before his next um, his next election. But, Roger, I like your point where you're saying you thought it was Kamala Harris. I never thought Kamala Harris was running the show. 
she's a good puppet, but she ain't running a show. Right. Um, Barack Obama went on CBS, um, John, uh, John Leno, I think it was, and they asked him, "Do you do you miss the office? Would you have you going to give advice?" And he said that I, if I could sit in a basement in my pajamas and have a little microphone and have somebody with the the implant in their ear, and I could tell them everything they're doing without any, without anybody knowing, I would do it. Normally, when a leftist <laughs> says something like that, he's doing that. Um, it was confirmed a while back that Joe Biden talks to President uh, uh, Obama every day. Not not weekly or monthly. Every day, Barack Obama's calling him and giving him advice. It's not advice. He's telling him, hey, do this, do this, do this. Uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden couldn't find a, a light switch in a dark room. Um, it, I'm just, it's... It's sad the way our government's going, but Barack Obama's behind the scenes a lot of what's going on right now. Yeah, and it's kind of, uh, I think that, you know, it, it takes us right back to COVID. They know everything is going bad. Uh, they know it. And, and so when you look at the Delta variant and COVID still being around, they keep it, at least in my belief, they keep it in the news because a lot of people still relate that to Trump and his presidency. Uh, and if we're talking about COVID and the Delta, and, and I'm sure you, you know, I've heard your stuff, you've done it as well. We've been calling this stuff for months. We, hey man, school year gets ready to fire back up. Guess what? New COVID, because now you don't even hear it in international news. It's just purely domestic, uh, unlike what it was last year. Um, but I think, you know, it's the, let's keep COVID in the news because people relate that to Trump. Uh, let's not talk about inflation. Let's not talk about the economy. Uh, let's not talk about the Southern border. Uh, let's not talk about, you know, gas prices. Let's not talk about, you know, all these things. Let's not talk about Afghanistan. I mean, I, I, it happened today. And by the time our listeners and, and viewers see this will be a couple of days old, but John Kirby was on there. Um, the spokes, uh, press secretary for the Pentagon. And I actually, I mean, on live TV, he was actually like, <sighs> because they were asking about Afghanistan and like, Hey, we're pulling out and the Taliban's taking over. And are you coming back in? And what are you doing? It's like, you can tell he just, he doesn't have the answers to this stuff. And it's no different than what's going on down at the Southern border, uh, with the illegals. I think they, I never saw the final numbers, but they were talking about the numbers that were coming across. And my was down there today, giving a press conference. He's like, well, we've always had undocumented coming across and they go higher and lower. And it's like, well, no, you're actually at a historic all-time high right now. There actually hasn't been any higher. Uh, and then you have Biden. I heard his speech yesterday with inflation and the new numbers today. So the producer price index came out up 7.8%, which is a record. Uh, the CPI was up 5.6%. And the spin on that, I remember that number came out. He immediately, it was within the hour, he came out and was... Uh, Putting the spin on, he, he never mentioned the 5.6%. He was like, hey, you know what? We had good numbers today because the increase this month was less than the increase from last month. So, so yeah, so last month was like 5.8%. This month was 56 You can't say the actual numbers. So the way we're going to spin this is uh, we'll say, well, you know what? You didn't bleed as much this month as you did last month. But, you know, I still go back to Fed Powell uh, who said that, hey, man, this is all temporary, and you actually don't see any of this stuff. So I guess my uh, kind of goes, you know, takes us back to the to the COVID thing. When you look at uh, the state of Louisiana, I mean, are you guys? Do you see all the masks indoors? I mean, is that pretty much a mandate now? And 
do you see a big difference? I know you you saw you said you saw it like Baton Rouge, but how about the rest of Louisiana as you get out and about? Are, are, is there a lot of pushback? Because I love what Rand Paul is doing right now. Uh, I think he's been taking off YouTube for a while, but I saw a couple of his videos on on Rumble, and I'm waiting for them to bring him up on like treason charges or something because he's like, don't comply. He's like, don't comply. And, and I will tell you this. I'll, I'll leave this for you. And the, the the guys, I tell you, I like asking a question. They go in like a five minute monologue and then. Uh, you know, turning it back over to you. But Josh actually posted something that was worthwhile this morning, which, you know, happens every now and then. Um, masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit in keeping out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. That was said by Dr. Fauci last year. Uh, that was said when he came out uh, at the same time that uh, Dr. Barbara and Nancy Pelosi all came and said, hey, you need to be out. You need to, you know, it was the Chinese New Year and you need to like, you know, congregate and this and that. Are you starting to see a lot of pushback from the people, uh, especially like where you're at? And do you see a difference throughout the state of Louisiana where they're like, hey, man, we're kind of done with this. Uh, we've either been vaccinated, we've already had COVID, or I'm just fairly healthy, not high risk. I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing more pushback than anything, Roger, to be honest with you. Um, the first time it happened with the mask mandates and everything like that, we complied. I even wore a mask for a moment because we didn't know what this we didn't know what the virus would do. We didn't know what was going right. on. We didn't have no information on it. Um, like you said, you had Fauci at first saying, hey, don't wear a mask. Now he's telling us to wear a whole box of masks, maybe two, to protect yourself. So <laughs> you really don't know. And our governor does the same thing. Our governor will go ahead and go in there and say, well, we had a high number today, but he's inflating the numbers. So there's yes. a lot of people that are looking at, at John Bell Edwards and saying, that's why, that's why we nicknamed him Dumbbell. You know, he's like, you... You're telling us one thing, but we're seeing something totally different. And this time around, a lot of people say, "Look, we're not going to wear a mask." Uh, especially, they don't trust they don't trust John Bell or the government because uh, supposedly you took this vaccination, you were good. Hey, you're fine. You're not going to get the the Delta variant. Not going to get the COVID nineteen. Now all of a sudden, hey, you you're vaccinated, but you still got to wear a mask and you still got to stand six feet. You can't go ahead, go indoors. You got to do whatever. That's that's and they're like wait you you flip flop so many times we can't trust you that this simple as that the Louisiana people don't trust John Bell they don't go they don't trust uh, the government in a lot of what they're saying so like I said this time look I'm one of them I'm telling people I'm not telling you not to wear a mask but for me I'm not wearing a mask and like I go to where I work where majority where I work at there's a little store where I get plate lunches and stuff like that for lunch. And I walked in there, everybody wore a mask and looked at me like I was an oddball. Like, wait, you're not? No, I'm not. I'm not wearing a mask because I saw I saw a post the other day and it made a lot of sense. It showed a, uh, a picture of uh, some Hanes uh, underwear. And it said, this cannot stop farts. And then they show a mask and say, but you think this is going to stop the Delta variant? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, though? That's a good analogy, isn't it? Yep. So, right. so it, 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 it doesn't it doesn't don't make sense. So, but yeah, we're seeing some pushback. A lot of a lot of people in Louisiana, I'm, they're saying they're not gonna wear a mask. And this time around, I think the government's starting to realize uh, we fooled them once, and we're not gonna fool them a second time. Yeah, I think we're seeing the same thing. 
in some parts of North Carolina, so North Carolina is a lot like, you know, it's fairly a lot like Louisiana. It's, you know, a generally red state. Uh, however, you know, I mean, this last election, it was it was deeply purple. You've got the Raleigh uh, area growing quite a bit, uh, which is very, very blue, like most of your other, you know, urban centers. But the rest of the state is, you know, there's a lot of pickup trucks and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of Remington 870 Expresses hanging in the back window of those pickup trucks. Y'all still got you know, those over there? very conservative. <laughs> Y'all still got those in Yeah, man. That's a work. Hey, that's a, you, you see them, man. You see them every once in a while. They're not, uh, you know, they're not as common as they used to be, but that's, uh, you know, in fact, I saw one uh, yesterday. A uh, guy, had, guy had his 870 Remington Express and uh, looked like his, uh, his brownie. I couldn't tell you which model it was. Uh, 308 hanging in the you know hanging in the back window of his pickup truck um and uh <laughs> but you're starting to see a lot of folks that they're they're done with the they're they're done with the mass they're done with you know the government being told you know or the government telling them what they can and can't do while at the same time you've got pictures of you know and videos of Rashida Tlaib coming out where she's at a party dancing with no mask on AOC's taking her mask off as soon as she thinks the cameras are off her you've got you know Barack Obama's birthday party where you know they they scaled it down from 700 to I think 500 you know no mask uh you know we're talking well you know people are like well they're vaccinated you know, and stuff. And, you know, so it's okay. Well, which science are we going to believe? Uh, you know, we've been told masks work. We've been told masks don't work. We've been told, you know, the vaccine, so you won't get COVID. We know that you can get the, you know, get the COVID uh, even, you know, with the vaccine and you can give it to people. So, you know, it's to the point now to where, and it's been politicized so much to where you don't know what to believe and everybody's just done with it. Um, you know, especially for, you know, for the folks that, you know, can't stay home because they have bills to pay. You know, I've got I've got some family members who are very much, you know, they're they're on the left and, you know, they have been, well, we need to shut everything down again and, and get us over. And it's like, OK, well, let me know. Uh, let me know when you're going to pay my bills. I'll go ahead and give you my, uh, you know, my account and routing number because I have bills to pay. I have kids that, you know, that they, they like to eat. Uh, you know, they like to have, you know, they like to have AC in August in North Carolina. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and uh, take care of those for me because, you know, nobody's going to pay my bills. So, but, it, you know, so going back to, you know, the, the, the 2022 piece. So I think, I think the Senate is probably our best bet, uh, you know, as far as Republicans to take back, I'm not sure on the House races. I'd have to go back and look. But there's 34 seats uh, in the Senate that are up for re-election and, uh, you know, that are that are up for grabs in 2022. 14 of those are Democrats. 20 of those are held by Republicans. Uh, I think that uh, I know the special runoff that they had in Georgia with uh, Raphael Warnock and I've I can't remember the other guy's name. I don't think Warnock wins in a in a regular election. Uh, I think the runoff, it was too close to the president. You know, it's right on the heels of uh, the presidential election. And, uh, you know, folks were still going out in masses, you know, and, and, and voting. And then, you know, whatever other you well, want you to also had, voting machines. You also had drop boxes. You also had mail-in ballots where, look, Georgia just went ahead and did a overhaul of all their voting system because of, uh, potential fraud. We're gonna say it like that, you know. For YouTube, won't flag y'all guys. Um, but <laughs> we want to be flagged. It actually helps out with your viewership. Okay, <laughs> just letting you know. Voter fraud, voter fraud, and China virus. 
Well, <laughs> I, I, I look at it like this, though. Um, I think, let, let's look back at the 2020 election in Congress. Remember, Democrats were running around that, hey, we won these Senate seats. And, well, we had one of the greatest elections because we got out Trump. We won these two Senate seats. But they failed to mention that not one incumbent Republican, Republican lost a race. All incumbent Republicans won. And we picked up multiple seats to where I think it's only like a two to three uh, seat gap. So it's very slim majority. Um, and the way that they're acting now, and this is the problem with the Democrats, if you, if you, throughout the years, when they're in, when they're not in power, they look at the Republicans and say, oh, we're the minority. You have to work with us to get bills passed because the American people are going to think of y'all as bullies and, and that y'all don't want to help nobody. Y'all don't want to work with nobody. But as we're seeing it right now, Chuck Schumer said the other day about the $3.5 trillion bill, we fixed it to where we don't have to have a Republican vote. Well, what about the minority and helping helping the small guy and getting their opinion? Oh, that's out the window now because we're in charge. And I, I, people are seeing that. And this is what I think about, like, let's say Joe Biden's uh, day. I, I said on my uh, show a couple of weeks ago that Joe Biden made a statement saying, if y'all people don't go get the vaccination shot, y'all not as smart as I think y'all are. If you start reading between the lines, okay, what is opposite of smart? Dumb. You're telling your constituents, hey, if y'all don't do what we're telling y'all to do, y'all dumb. People, I, I don't know about y'all guys, but when I hear something like that, I say, well, I'm kind of offended. We put, well, I didn't, I didn't vote for him, but American people put him in office. And he's calling his constituents dumb. People don't forget about that. And Nancy Pelosi is the same way. You know, she, she goes ahead and calls us dumb. She goes ahead and says the American people don't know what they're talking about. But that's why I think that the Congress, and it is traditional as well, that after the first two years of a president, normally the House and the Senate goes back to the opposite party. We're just going to have to wait right. and see what happens. Um, that's why I feel I think the, the, the House is our strongest suit right now. I think we could flip two or three seats, but we have to win every other seat that we, we've won back in 2020. And same thing in Georgia. I have my feelings about the Georgia election. It's kind of funny how they stopped counting votes at 11 o'clock and all of a sudden the Democrats are winning. I'm just saying that's obvious. I've seen it on my TV votes change. So I think this time around it's going to it's going to probably be different in Georgia. I think Georgia's going to have one Republican and one Democrat senator in there. Um, uh, John Kennedy is going to win hands down um, when they were thinking about him running for governor here in Louisiana. Uh, John Bell was was crying that he wouldn't run for governor. John Kennedy, they wouldn't have had no other Republican run against him. The only reason he didn't run for governor is because um, uh, Kev, uh, Mitch McConnell asked him to stay in the Senate because they needed him because we would have had the same problem as Georgia. We would have had two Senate races in the state of Louisiana, and it would have threw off everything in this last race. So that was a smart move by uh uh, Mitch McConnell, maybe one of the only ones he done this year, but he was smart. He was smart. <laughs> yeah, I, I will be. Uh, I 
I'll, I'll be watching Alaska. So Lisa Murkowski's seat is up for re-election in 2022. Um, having, you know, lived up there for, for a while, uh, on, uh, you know, on behest of, uh, uncle Sam, uh, I can tell you, you know, I still talk to a lot of folks from Alaska who are kind of tied in up there and Lisa Murkowski, her actions over the last, you know, two years, you know, especially uh, say probably the last two and a half years, uh, you know, have been very unpopular with uh, with the you know with Alaskans, and they are super unhappy with her. And she's got a contender up there that is giving her giving her some problems right now. So you know you've got that you've got the you know the Lisa Murkowskis and the Susan Collins. Um, I think you know I think Mitt Romney is uh, is safe. I don't think he's up for a reelection anyway. But, you know, those folks, you know, especially the Murkowskis and stuff, you've got these these governors coming up who are looking to run, uh, you know, potentially. And, you know, Christy Noem, uh, you know, there was something saying that she may or may not be interested in, you know, running for for office one day. And I would imagine she would try and do something like the Senate prior to, you know, maybe, you know, if she decided to do a presidential run later. Um, so, you know, take a look at Alaska, keep an eye on that. Cause Murkowski, her, her days could be, could be numbered. Uh, and that would be, that would be huge. Cause she's always an unknown. I, I hope they're numbered you know, she's not a, cause she, she's been a thorn in the GOP side for years. Cause, um, you didn't know what she was going to do. And especially Alaska, you know, we brag that we're like, we're the sportsman's paradise here in Louisiana. We love our guns. We love our God. We love we love everything about the woods, man. We fish. We hunt. We got the Chafalaya Basin right, right down the road from it. And but Alaska is ten times more than us if you think about it, because their weapons are just not for sportsmen or to go hunt for pleasure. They, a lot of these people they hunt to eat. That's their living. They they live in these rural areas or where there's no no communication whatsoever. So they have to have their guns. And Lisa Mikowski coming from around there, it, it shocks me that she ain't more conservative than what she is now. Yeah, yeah, it's surprising. Susan Collins is the same way because you take a look at, you know, Maine and you have folks who completely live off the grid, you know, up in, up in Maine as well. Um, and so, you know, not to, not to begin the 2022 election, but 2024. So, you know, you said you would vote for Trump. Uh, you know, if he if he ran it, you know, if he was the the nominee, do you think Trump is going to to throw his hat in the ring? And if and if you know if so or if not, regardless, do you think it's a good idea? Well, I, I get a lot of uh, feedback from a lot of people that that want Trump to run. Earlier this year, I would have told you no, Trump was not running for re-election. I thought that Trump would probably go ahead and help Robin DeSantis. Uh, probably team up with Ted Cruz and there wouldn't be that much bickering like the last time in the GOP election unfortunately Donald Trump has made some comments to uh, Candace Owens um, he has went on interviews and hinted that he is going to run so that was my prediction going wrong should he run no I don't think he should run and a lot of people look at me weird when I say that because um, they're like oh well Trump's the best one for I understand Trump would do a lot more for this country but it's only four years and if it happens like last time with Paul Ryan and we get some rhinos in there that stop him, everything that Trump's going to do, they're going to stop him for the first two years regardless. And then the Democrats are going to come back into play. Trump is a uh, is a controversial figure. This is what I think Trump should do. I think Trump should go ahead and stand behind Ron DeSantis. I, I think Ron DeSantis would make a hell of a president. He's doing a hell of a job in Florida. 
uh, as being governor, I think he should team up with somebody like Ted Cruz or uh, Rand Paul, a good conservative, to get them extra votes that he needs. And he should back up the candidates for the presidency instead of going up against them and each beating up each other like they did last time. Because Donald Trump attacked Ted Cruz, he attacked Marco Rubio, he he did and whatever to do to get to, to win. Now we it was a good strategy, and like I said, if he's the candidate, I would vote for him again. But I think it should be Rob uh, Ron DeSantis that should run, and it's he he came in second at the last CPAC poll. And it was a it was a landslide. I think Trump got like 60, 70 percent of the vote at CPAC, but uh, for conservatives, but a lot of people like uh, Ron DeSantis. And like I said, look, y'all not the only ones. I um, that I tell us to. I've told uh, my good friend Scott Ford um, from from uh, from Indiana the same thing, and he he's he said he'd vote for Trump. And when I I made the statements, we disagree on that area, but. And a lot of conservatives looked at a lot of conservatives looked at me weird. Like, wait, you don't want Trump to run? I never said that. If he runs, I'll vote for him. But at the same time, is it a good idea? No, I don't think it's a good idea. I think Trump should be an advisor to the next GOP president. Hey, so on that, yeah, I I, I completely agree. I, I think um, you know, really to get the to get the moderates that voted for. They didn't necessarily vote for Biden for his policies, you know, in uh, in 2020. They voted against Trump just because they didn't like Trump. I think to get those, you know, those folks back over to the Republican side and voting for a Republican candidate, I think that it has to be a DeSantis, you know, um, it has to be, you know, maybe, you know, even a Greg Abbott from Texas. It, ha- it has to be if Trump runs, those folks are going to go back over to, you know, the blue side and they're going to vote Democrat again. And and the Republicans are going to lose the 2024 election. Uh, you know, we're going to have another four years of Biden if Biden makes it that long. I don't know that Biden makes it another two years, to, to be honest. And then, you know, we'll have a, a Kamala and Pelosi or whoever. Um, you know, but as far as you know, folks are running as a native Floridian. I love Ron DeSantis. I love what he's done. Um, and but I think you know, as far as like you know, you start talking. Okay, we're well, running mates. You know, for a DeSantis, and I think th- I think that running mate field. I think it's wide open. You know, I think it could be an Abbott. I think it could be uh, a Tim Scott. Uh, you know, from South Carolina. I think it could be a Nikki Haley. Um, I think it could be Christy Nolan from South Dakota. Uh, I think that I, I just I, you know I think the VP field in 2024 for the Republicans I think is wide open and as long as DeSantis doesn't do anything super crazy, you know like kill a bunch of elderly people in nursing homes with COVID like uh, you know Cuomo did or you know go around and uh, you know killing grannies and smacking fannies uh, you know like 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 Cuomo did, I think uh, I think DeSantis you know is, is going to be it I think. You know, Rogers uh, or, or Luke's absolutely right. I think you know Trump can play a kingmaker on this uh, if he's you know if he's smart. I think if he runs, he splits the ticket and you know and the Republicans lose again. Um, so I think such I, a I Debbie Downer, man. Such a Debbie Downer. That dude ain't gonna run. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put my money. I'm putting my money where my mouth is right now. I'm putting it out there. There's no way that dude runs. I you know I think there's gonna be a lot of uh, rhetoric between here and there. But I think at the end of the day, when you look at his age. And you have to look at what he's doing now versus when you're the person like, wow, 
kind of like what you said that, you know, when Barry, you know, if I could sit in my pajamas and uh, talk, I mean, Trump can do that. And so I think he he's smart enough to see, I believe, and especially when you get to that age that, hey, you know what? I can kind of just sit back here. I can back who I want to. Somebody's got similar policies, this and that. And and, and I do agree with you that, you know, you take a DeSantis, uh, you know, he's obviously got a good shot. And it's funny because they are already working on Noam. Uh, where there have been some articles coming out saying, well, hey, she's not as conservative as what you think she is. Uh, they're saying a lot of the stuff that, that's going on up in South Dakota, they're like, hey, that's due to the uh, Republican legislature. If it was up to her, she would have been a lot farther left. So it makes you wonder. I don't think that's a Democrat thing. I think that's a Republican thing coming out uh, very early to, to kind of prep that battlefield. Well, the reason they're doing it, they want another Mike Pence in there. You got to realize Mike Pence ran as a conservative and he did some great things. I think it's in Indiana. He was a governor, but conservative state. You get a lot of legislation right. to do. And I don't I don't know why they always do this. A lot of Republicans and a lot of um, well, especially the GOP. Well, we can have a real good, strong conservative on the right side, but let's put a moderate Republican to get them votes. And right. it, unfortunately, the presidency and everything, a lot of elections, it's not about their policies, it's about how popular they are. And that's why I say I think Trump would run because of Trump's pride and popularity. He said, oh, I know I'm popular, so I'll probably get the nominee. But just to show the world that I really didn't lose the last election, I'm going to run again and be the hot dog again. It's more of a pride issue for Donald Trump because Donald Trump don't sure. like losing. But every Democrat, I mean, every Republican does this. They go ahead and they, every election, oh, let's go ahead and put the far-right conservative and put a moderate Republican to get them, them, them Democrats that are not sure. But like you said, if, if Trump would run, it messes it all up because them, the ones that didn't like him because of the mean tweets and are thinking about voting Republican right now, won't vote Republican. Oh, Donald Trump's running. We're going to get the mean tweets. We're going to get the insults. We're going to get all the... So we're going to vote for uh, Kamala Harris or Joe Biden. Because, Roger, you said that you don't see Joe Biden running, uh, lasting another two years. That um, I'm going to give credit to where credit due. The great uh, late Rush Limbaugh gave a prediction. He said the way that it would give uh, Kamala Harris three terms... Because you got to realize that you can only serve two terms. If uh, Joe Biden goes ahead and stays in there for at least two years, resigns, that is still, and she takes over, that's still considered Joe Biden's term. So she can run again two times. So she would have a total of 10 years in the White House, possibly. So that there's more ways to skin a cat than one. I'm just saying. No, absolutely. And you know what? It's funny because when you talked about, and I know it's been a controversial issue and obviously YouTube bans people or this and that, but there are still some holdovers from the last presidential election. Like, and here in Arizona, we got this big audit thing going and, you know, and I'm not even going to touch on it. So that's, that's an episode by itself. I think the one I've that been I'm following, more, by the way, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's crazy out here, but the, you know, it's like literally they have subpoenas like, Oh, we're not going to respond to it. It's like, you get to choose, I don't care what side of the house you're on. It's like, you don't get to choose what subpoenas you respond to. I mean, you kind of, you know, and then it's funny because uh, I forget which state it was. Oh, it was Texas when they were, uh, he, he was going to give the arrest order. They took it to court. And then the judge basically came back and said, well, this is clearly political. So no. And it's like, wait a minute, they're politicians. That's what they do. Of course it's political. You know, I mean, it makes no sense. But the one that, that sticks out in my mind that I haven't heard anything about was Pennsylvania, 
where the judge came in, not the legislature, and said, okay, I am going to change election law. I'm not interpreting your election law. I'm actually going to change it. And that, to me, is a Supreme Court issue. Uh, and if I'm on the right side of the aisle, I'm wondering, like, hey, man, why are we not pushing that? And this is not to go back and, and rehash 2020. We're not trying to go back and change it and this and that. I just I want to know, like, so are you telling me that a state judge uh, without the legislature uh, can can go change uh, the state you know, voting law to whatever you want, you know, and I think that's, that, that's, you know, to me, it's not a, it's not a, whether it's, it's a voter integrity thing. It's like, those are serious, outstanding issues. Right. And then you heard what the Texas Supreme court said that, well, you cannot go on them lines. It is the, uh, they have the right in Texas to go ahead and issue these, uh, arrest warrants, which yes. they did, I believe last night at the time of this recording. So it, it was, it was fair, but you know, Roger, if you look at the original intent of the constitution, the lawmakers are the, the Congress, the Senate, and the president. The president. Um, the, the judges are only supposed to interpret a lot, not to make right. law. And they're, they're going against the Constitution right there. But let's go back to Pennsylvania for a second, though. Uh, there was a, a, a voting bill, not, not voting bill, a voting lawsuit back in 2020. With, it wasn't even Trump. It was, a, I think, a senator or a congressman or something took it up. The judge told him, look, on merit— you probably won this case. So what they did was they didn't go on standing. They went on merit. When that judge went ahead and said that, the Attorney General of Pennsylvania went to the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court and said, you know, um, we got to go ahead and latch this because it's something passed. It wasn't present or all kind of legal stuff like that. And when they did that, the, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania said, nope, they can't do it. We're going to put latches on it. You can't even hear it. So they blocked it. When they went to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court said, well, that, that guy didn't have standing to begin with, and we're not going to override the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court. If you go on standing, no, you can always find a reason why somebody, I can go sue uh, Joe Blow down the street, and the judge can tell me, you don't have standing, but on merit, I have all the standing I need. But they they took every election law, and they these judges, how they do, well, you don't have standing. They never went on merit. They never went on constitution. Which that's wrong. The Supreme Court did the same thing with all the the um, the lawsuits that went out for the twenty twenty election. Oh, they don't have standing. You're telling me all these lawsuits that somebody did not have standing? I think even citizens went ahead and sued. And they said, well, the citizens don't have standings. The citizens are voting. They have more standing than anybody. We the people in the Constitution. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. We've talked about some pretty important stuff, but I'm going to ask the most important question of the Cajun conservative. One we haven't asked yet. So let me ask you this, man. Let me ask you this, Isaac. Important question, because the audience wants to know, and we're going to see if you real Cajun or not. So what does and does not go in a true gumbo? Inquiring minds want to know. You cannot put a tomato in a gumbo. That's the, that's the, you cannot put a tomato. Uh, I remember one time looking on Facebook and they had this New Orleans restaurant, and you know this is not from Louisiana. Uh, they had tomatoes. I think they even had cucumbers and stuff. I'm like, no, that's not a gumbo. Um, there is two type of gumbos here in Cajun country. There's the chicken and sausage gumbo. Um, you can also put okra in there. That okra is real good in a gumbo. 
Um, so you go ahead and you uh, you have your chicken and your sausage. You cook your roux up. You have rice, a good potato salad on the side of it. That is the best gumbo you can have. But because we live in Cajun country and we are on the side of the Chafalaya Basin, we upgraded the gumbo a little bit. We call it the seafood gumbo. We will put crawfish, crab, shrimp, uh, any t um. I haven't seen fish in a gumbo yet, but if it would happen, I'll be pretty tight. Um, but that seafood gumbo with okra in it, oh, dude, as, as the Cajun company says, slap your mama, bro. That is some of the best eating that you can have. <laughs> what you get in New Orleans, that's not a gumbo. I'm just letting you know. If y'all if guys ever come down to Louisiana, give me a, give me a shout out, and I'm going to talk to my, my, my grandmother that's as Cajun as could be. And I'm gonna tell her, come to the house. I'll buy everything for y'all, and y'all gonna y'all gonna be like, no. What they do, there's no way a gumbo's made like that. And Cajun Cajun's top gumbo, man. I'm gonna go so ahead and uh, one up you because I've had truly authentic Louisiana food. Cause uh, we got a Popeyes down the street here, and uh, I get the uh, spicy <laughs> chicken sandwich at least once once every weekend. Oh, that 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 I'm I'm gonna be oh, honest man. with you, Roger. That is sinful. You go into a Popeyes and get a chicken sandwich. Go to Chick Fil A. <laughs> <laughs> now I will tell you this though. Here's a here's a little known fact. So I actually went to college uh, at LSU in Baton Rouge. So really, I did have my. Uh, I did have my fair share of, of legitimate, uh, you know, Louisiana food. Now, I, it's funny because you mentioned Slidell, and that used to be my old stomping grounds when I was a, a younger <laughs> man. But uh, so, so you're anyway, talking, we, you're talking about Cajun food, though. I got a question: Have you ever tasted a good jambalaya? Yes. Oh yes. man, uh, homemade always, right? Yes, homemade always. Yes, always. Yep. That's the best jambalaya. Now look, they upped it since I don't know um, if how long you've been uh, out of Louisiana. But they upped it a little bit. They made a pastalaya. They take these little elbow noodles and they make it just like a jambalaya. Some some use spaghetti noodles. And bro, when I first saw it, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. This can't be good. Roger, when I <laughs> ate that, my brother, I was like, oh, I didn't know they could fix jambalaya any better. But a pastalaya is is off the chart. So me and Josh are writing this down right now. So we're like, yeah, we're gonna gurgle yeah. uh, pastalaya. <laughs> You're not uh not helping my uh my quest of dropping like fifteen pounds. It's hard like, to lose uh, weight in Louisiana, man. Look look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dude, no, we so got our buddy I that got... uh, he went on leave, right? He goes down there and he was uh, he come back from deployment and he was all fit and everything. He goes home to Louisiana, comes back, put on like fifteen twenty pounds. It's like and it wasn't muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you see, look, I'm gonna give you it's, some uh, insight. We have Lent here, and I'm not Roman Catholic, but we are surrounded by Roman Catholics and Catholic churches all over. And uh, I was I was hearing from a, a Catholic friend of mine one day, and he said, look, he said, man, he, he said, it's hard to have Lent in Louisiana. He said, because normally Lent is suffering. You know, you got to eat, you got to eat seafood and all that. <laughs> he said, in Louisiana, we master seafood, man. We got fish, jump, uh, we got uh, fish coubillon, we got uh, fried fish. We, we make fish in a, uh, a brown or red gravy. We we fry everything. Man, shrimp do. My father-in-law shrimps for a living. And when he brings them big jumbo shrimps home, man, we put that on the grill. We put that on shish kebabs. Man, we eat good down here, man. We we don't suffer. That's a blessing for Lent. <laughs> uh, so I think we haven't mentioned it yet, but I think my, uh, my favorite, favorite food down there, and I've got a lot, uh, is boudin oh um, man 
that I can like I can feel myself and I, I can literally feel myself getting fatter as I eat. <laughs> uh, but I can't help myself because I have no self control. Uh, it is ridiculously good. Uh, so every yeah every every time I swing by you know come through Louisiana like I gotta stop and have boudin. Well, somewhere. I, we do it's, we do boudin a little different. Me and my family. Um, I played softball for five years at a local park here, a little slow pitch softball team. And I have a good friend of mine, uh, call him brother. We always talk and we we team up every so often. He invited us to his house one day and we have this. Uh, he has a um, a campfire like with the bricks and everything, and he has where you can like open fire. And he says, yeah, you want some boudin. I'm thinking, you know, the regular boudin that you ball and you eat it after. He said, no, we do it different here. He took that boudin, it was a, a small links, put it on the open fire, put a barbecue sauce in there, and he grilled it over that open fire. Hmm. Bruh, I tell you, when I we buy boudin every so often now, and that's all we do. We go ahead and we fix it like that. And that, that, that will top any boudin you tried lately. Oh, I love it. Uh, absolutely love it. Last time I was uh, coming through Louisiana was uh, last December, and I stopped in uh, Lafayette, saw a good buddy of mine, and uh, he uh, he scrambled. He, he put some in an omelet for me. He had a boudin omelet. I never and, ate uh, that, man. That that sounds dude, good. It was. That with some peppers, it was, it was, it was ridiculously <laughs> good. It was absolutely ridiculously well, good. Um, boudin, also boudin. Uh, you, you know what a kolache is, right? A ham cheese kolache is a no. Well, it, it, you you put bread and stuff. I see uh, Luke right there's like, oh yeah, I know what that. Yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Uh, you, it's like <laughs> it's like in a biscuit, or you could say, and they put ham, cheese, sausage in there. It's real good. They, they sell them a lot. Every bakery has them. Well, I was introduced to the boudin kolache. where they take bu- the the stuffing of a boudin and they put it in there and they, they oh bruh. Luke, I know you're hurting right now, man. Just thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah, we like I said, we we're creative with our food, man. It's not it's not just hey, you know, steak and potatoes, man. We we have to something unique with that steak and potatoes. If it's putting hot sauce or something, we have to do oh, something that, unique with that. Yeah, it's almost dinner time too. Yeah. Oof. So okay, last question. Uh, Louisiana hot sauce or Cajun Chef? Which one? Ah, uh, man. To be honest with you, I don't use hot sauce too, too much. Uh, we usually use Tony Sassery seasoning. We just spread it on there. But if I have to pick a hot sauce, I wouldn't even pick those two. I would go ahead and pick Tabasco sauce. Tabasco. Tabasco sauce right. is made. Tabasco sauce is made in Avery Island, like an hour away from my house. So. Nope. That is that is some of the that's some of the they say that's some of the greatest hot sauce. I've tried a little taste of it, but uh, as for hot sauce, I don't soak my food down in hot sauce. Like I said, if I need some more seasoning, a little more kick to it, I'll go ahead and put Tony Sasseries on there. That's some good seasoning. Tony Sasseries, I have to check it out. All right, so nice. I think that's going to uh, to do us for for this episode. Uh, real quick, Isaac. So, you know, definitely appreciate you. Uh, definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, when we uh, when we close this out, don't go anywhere. We still want to chat with you for a few more minutes. Um, but real quick, tell everybody where they can find, again, where they can find the Cajun Conservative and where they can find Brothers in Searching uh, podcast. At. Will do. But before I do that, I hope you all give me a little liberty right here. I want to go ahead and tell you all, thank you all for your service. 
I never served in the military, but I have the utmost respect for every man and woman that has served in our U.S. Army, U.S. Marines, U.S. Navy, every every branch of the military. I respect y'all guys. I want to thank y'all for y'all service. And uh, I guess I'm speaking out for as your audience because I listen to y'all show every time a new one comes out. And I'm speaking for y'all audience and for my audience, for everyone that's listening. Thank y'all for y'all service in our military. Uh, God has God has blessed y'all with a great gift to serve. Because like I said, I never felt that call to go, but y'all have. And I just want to thank y'all for what y'all do for what y'all did for this country and still do for this country. Thanks. Thank you. It was it, it was an honor for sure. Uh, so, um, really quick, yeah, man. Where uh, so you know where can folks find you uh, find you at in uh, in both of both of your podcasts? You can find brothers just searching and the Cajun Conservative on Facebook at the Cajun Conservative Show or brothers just searching on Facebook. Uh, we go ahead and release all new episodes there. I also release every platform that we have. Um, on all both podcasts, we're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Um, we drop one. Uh, the Cajun Conservative drops every Monday. Uh, we're working on a video side of it. Um, with my time and everything, uh, our, my editor already does Brothers Just Searching. He takes a whole week to do some of that. So put another show on him. It'll be kind of hard, but we're working on that <laughs> for video. But everything's audio right now. Um, planning on having y'all guys on soon. We're going to have to talk about that as well. We'd love to get y'all guys on the Cajun Conservative. Um, but Brothers Just Searching, we're on YouTube as well. We drop, the, we drop uh, audio and vis- visual uh, every Wednesday morning. And this, you know, God has used both these podcasts to reach souls, to reach people. I've met y'all guys. I've met tons of people through this uh, through this experience of podcasting, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So... But y'all can find us there if y'all want to email me. Y'all can find me at the uh, the Cajun. Uh, the, let me remember the Cajun Conservative Five at gmail.com or Brothers Just Searching Podcast at gmail.com. Those are our emails. Uh, you can send me a message on Facebook. I'll go ahead and reach back with y'all guys. All right, everybody heard that. Get over there, check them out, smash that subscribe button. And, uh, and show Isaac some love. Isaac, we really sincerely appreciate you having on. We absolutely want to have you back. Uh, we need to make this a, uh, you, we definitely need to make this a regular thing. And, uh, you know, we, I tell you what, I'm pro- I, w- I will absolutely take you up on your offer. Next time I roll through Louisiana, I'm going to hit you up because uh, I'm, I'm a fat kid and I love my food. So, uh, <laughs> and just, just think about it like this. And I, I say this all the time on the podcast. I'm just showing the world that Cajuns do have intelligence. We're not Bobby Boucher all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I was wondering if we were going to get through, uh, get through one podcast with the Cajun conservative oh, without no. Bobby Boucher coming Oh, up. no. No, no. Not a chance. <laughs> I love it. All right. Hey, everybody. Also, uh, I failed to mention this at the beginning. Hopefully, Carlton Zeus doesn't pull his, uh, pull his music from uh, from our intro. So, no, intro nice. music, Alpha nice. Child. Get over and check uh, Carlton Zeus out at Apple Music or www.carltonzeus.com. And until then, all you canteeners, keep your canteen cups full, full with some good, good whiskey and keep them tightly secured.